This is Stay Healthy Experience, hosted by myself, Robert Ferguson, mm-hmm. and BK, Barbara BK. Chris, hey. and my man, Daniel Baldwin, who is not here with I us. I know, we miss And he him. misses out on this special opportunity. I know. To sit down with the one and only. Now, do you ever go, do you go by Miss Turner? Like, how does that work? <laughs> Just Lana. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's Lana, Lana Turner. Turner. Yeah. Now, I love it. Now, did you notice she's a comedian? I did know now, yeah. yeah. And 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 the guitar, you play the guitar, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Multi multi talented. I know. Thank you. So, what else about you that most people don't know? Don't know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> At this point in my life, <laughs> you can pretty much Google anything. They have stuff wrong on on Google. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like lots of stuff. I'm on Wiki Feet. Somebody rated my feet like. <laughs> okay. Are you serious? There's such thing. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't either. But yeah, so you can pretty much Google anything at this point. But I don't know what you don't know. You have to ask me. Okay, so I would <laughs> I'll tell you, you have, anything. I would assume you have good looking feet then. They're, I didn't know. I, I actually think my toes are kind of long. And I can pick stuff up off the floor hey, with them. Hey, I can do it to so, like finger feet. Yeah, right? yeah, but apparently they're decent feet on um, wiki feet. Yeah, so <laughs> they like the long toes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, pretty much all out there at this point. So. Now, are you still doing, are you doing stand-up? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Now, yeah. what was it like doing stand-up and married to a very famous stand-up yeah. person? For yeah. me, it was great. I mean, Ralphie wasn't famous, though. So my husband was Ralphie May. Um, mm-hmm. He wasn't famous when I met him. He was just a comic. I met him in Houston, where we were both from, yeah. at an open mic. My first open mic, actually. And oh, we became no friends. And I never thought I would date him because of his, well, just, I never wanted to date a comic, period, because mm-hmm. I wanted to be a comic, and that just seemed like a bad recipe. Um, and I don't think it's a great idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Comics are pretty damaged. Um Probably me too. But anyways, I I, I, I loved stand-up. I always have. And meeting him, we had that very much in common. And um, so I got to watch him. He was many years ahead of me as mm-hmm. far as being in comedy. He'd, he'd been doing comedy at least 12 years when we met. And, uh, and we became really good friends. And then it evolved to a relationship when I could see past his weight to mm-hmm. the person mm-hmm. that I thought was inside, who I fell in love with. And then... Um, and they just kind of evolved from there. Mm-hmm. But Ralphie always wanted to be really famous for stand-up. I would love to be more known for comedy. I'm really good at it. Mm-hmm. But I, that was my aspiration was to just make enough money to, telling jokes to, you know, yeah. be happy in life. Now I have kids, so <laughs> so I have to tell a lot more jokes. But <laughs> I, I I love stand-up. Well, when I mean, yeah. when did you have that moment of discovery for you when you said like was it 13 years old? You go, you know what? I'm funny. Oh, that's interesting. I, you know, I never thought I would do stand up. And I was, I was a huge fan though. I used to go every week when we were in high school. I had a group of girlfriends. Mm-hmm. We were super like good girls, <laughs> <laughs> really good girls. Barbara can read right between that. Yeah, right. Right. we were like, like really, like, really good, really good. Yeah, like like Virgin Society girl, uh-huh. good girls. And we would go every week to. Um, the Laugh Stop, which was the comedy club there, which was where I had my first open mic years later. And they had a two-can Tuesday where you bring two cans and you get in free. And then we would get, like, virgin drinks and watch the local comics work oh. out material. And I never saw a woman that looked like me on stage. It never occurred to me to go up and, oh, and actually right. do it. But I was also pretty introverted um, mm. It's back then. Even some – it's hard to believe, but in some ways now. I mean, mm. but I, I loved um, – being a photographer, I took pictures, and that was my aspiration back then. Um, mm-hmm. But I wrote songs on my guitar, mm. and uh, it's a long journey. But I ended up by figuring out that I wanted to play my guitar and figure out how to be a songwriter. Mm-hmm. And comedy, comedy is a fun road, so I ended up going down that. And I, I, it turns out I have a knack for writing funny songs, and mm-hmm. so here I am. Hmm. And did yeah. you ever write for Ralphie also? Um, well, I mean, we were together for almost 20 years, so, Well, you yeah. know, it's kind of like, like, for instance, if yeah. I was married to Barbara and we both were comedians, uh-huh. I could imagine Barbara wanting to steal many of my jokes. <laughs> right. that's, hey, that's good. I'm taking that. you know, I would be in the house and maybe come up with something and then she would take it. Yeah. So did you guys have those those challenges? Um. Yeah. Like, I don't, that was my joke. That was my joke. Yeah. Yeah. And the... Honestly, Rafi was a tenacious joke writer. He was really, really good at mm-hmm. writing comedy. You could see it in his act. But yeah, I mean, he, he, I would do stuff and he would, sometimes he'd be like, that was better on my act. I'd be like, what are you doing? You just took that bit. But I didn't mind that. And then uh-huh. every now and then, he would tag my stuff too. But he couldn't, anybody who ever thought that he would write for me, all you have to do is 
look at my material and know, I mean, it was so different. Yeah. Ralphie was very topical. I talk more about personal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I get really defensive about that because as a woman and as a comic, I've always, my first open yeah. mic, I, I had a great first time. And so like, I mean, I'm, we're very different, but we could tag each other stuff. And mm-hmm. so, but I gave him premises a lot. Like some of his marquee bits were, he wrote a brilliant joke about um, the Kennedys and I remember we were just, this was early on in our relationship. And I was like, Daryl, he should have stayed with Daryl Hannah. She's a mermaid. He could have saved her, right. <laughs> his life, JFK Jr. And he just thought that was the funniest thing ever. And he uh-huh. ended up writing a bit around that as a premise. Oh, so. my gosh. Wow, what happened to uh, Miss Hannah? Well, she's still, still around. around. Is she, oh, yeah. I mean, really, is she, I mean, because I haven't seen her in anything. Um, I don't know. No. I don't I sure she's still stunning yeah <laughs> i yeah. don't know I she's still a mermaid she's still a mermaid well, i know she became really big into like you know conscious living taking care of the environment i think you're right I don't, yeah. yeah yeah that seemed to be her her, her, her shift yeah. yeah yeah i don't know i don't know but the the yeah we used to write jokes together i'm trying to remember if i've seen anything about her well, you, but yeah. you must have like so as you watch ralphie take off and become ralphie may mm-hmm uh, you also got a chance to spend quality time around a lot of other celebrities, right? Because at a sure. certain level, I mean, yeah. the who's who hang out together, right? Or Somewhat, no? yeah, for comics, so, yeah. I, I mean, does that open up doors for you now as you continue to develop your comedy career? Um, well, I know you guys. <laughs> 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 I mean, um, sure, in some ways. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not really good at hitting people up for things, but I have some. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> well, I mean, you've um, been you've been busy. I mean, we watched the documentary. Yeah. Uh, well, in that way, the documentary, mm-hmm. um, Dr. Drew's involved in that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's just a wonderful human, never mind the celebrity factor. So I've been blessed mm-hmm. enough to be in his presence and to have him help out with this project. So that's a pretty big, awesome celebrity who's, who's yes. come out in support of the film. So, well, it touches yeah. on, man, so, so much. It did. You yeah, know, I mean, we have this this addiction challenge, this epidemic that's taking place. Mm-hmm. We have excess fat that's killing and shortening lives. You know, uh, same as the opioid challenges that we're dealing with. You know, yeah. do you have the family family interactions mm-hmm. and you know divorce and and marriage and you know, <laughs> reconciliation? You and all live that. like it all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like you make me cry. Just I know you had it all. I yeah. mean, it's like like wow. Yeah, yeah. It, the the film. I'm getting a lot of messages right now online. Um, when are when is it coming out? Yeah, <laughs> is the number one question because very few people have seen it, and everyone who's seen it is it's a it's an amazing yeah. story. I can say objectively, and I'm in it. But um, mm-hmm. so that's a really important thing. Is everybody who's listening to this, you will see it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm working on it. It's great, and I think for me, like I. I I realized I'm like I'm a hopeless romantic and when watching it especially at the beginning you talk about how you met I was just so captivated by that whole story as far as like because you said it several times in it that you you said that you never thought that you would be with someone you know like him or yeah you I know mean, and I just was so I like how you shared that how it just sort of grew it was now it was on the opposite side was he interested in you right away type thing or was it just something um, that was mutual I don't know I mean I I think Probably, but mm-hmm. I don't know that early on that Roth thought that we would get together, mm-hmm. like that he would have a shot. I mean, he was like, he was like 800 pounds yeah. back then. Um, but I mean, he was super sweet and I'm sure he was interested. You'd have mm-hmm. to ask him. You can <laughs> ask him now <laughs> yeah, for yeah. the timeline. But um, but once we started seeing one another, it was, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he, he wanted to get married like immediately. <laughs> so I think he... He knew what he wanted back then and mm-hmm. not so much at the end. But mm-hmm. yeah. I'm sure like going like being in that relationship at, at a certain point, people would see him. They would see you. Mm-hmm. They would assume mm-hmm. you're there for the money. Yeah. Because they don't know the backstory. Yeah. And that's been a pretty hard thing to live I in, bet. especially how dark he was at the end of his life and how many people believe that story, which is really sad for him. If you think about it, mm-hmm. because and it's sad for anybody out there who, well, everybody has something, right? Everybody has something that for sure. separates them and makes them some. To some people, you have to look a little harder to find their flaws. Um, I mean, with Ralphie, he he wore his 
his his physical appearance was you know not considered desirable i, I think right. if you go back a couple hundred years mm-hmm. <laughs> heavier people were the more desirable it's true right mm-hmm. so it's all according to the time we live in he he was morbidly obese and the more morbid part of that is is the worst part um but yeah, it sucks how people want to judge others. And mm-hmm. we're all guilty of it. I do mm-hmm. it too. Yeah. So I don't really blame people for it, but I am happy that people can find out the real story. I was with him seven years. We were so broke. Mm-hmm. You see that in the film. Yeah. We didn't have anything. There was no way I could have predicted him being financially successful when mm-hmm. I met him. He was funny, but so are hundreds of thousands right. of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, every opportunity that he'd had leading up to his success he was told he would never be on television because of his because physical of his, size. Yeah, mm-hmm. his ma- a real manager. He had a, an, a, he had this manager man that stepped in that mm-hmm. wasn't a real manager, but he also had this woman Judy who represented him, mm-hmm. who used to book um, um, the Aspen Comedy Festival. And I watched Rafi audition for this massive festival uh, at the time. It it was the biggest one, and she booked it, mm-hmm. and he killed it. Like. I was in the room. He got a standing ovation and he was so arrogant. He walked up to Judy afterwards (laughs) and was like, so when do I book my ticket? And she's like, you're not going to Aspen. And he was Uh, like, what? I just had the set of the night. And she she was like, well, no one's ever going to put you on TV. And he was just, I mean, it was, and then fast forward 10 years later, she was his manager. Right. Wow. That's crazy to me. Which I think of, think of all the, Mm -hmm. you know, comedians that became famous that were large frame. Right. How could t- she people tell that? you all the time you're never going to accomplish it. You're never mm-hmm. going to do anything. Yeah. And so at his size, like, but just j- circling it back to me and people's assumption, like yeah. that was who I was with, and I loved him. It mm-hmm. wasn't about his his ability to make an income at that time. Right. I just loved him. That's we, what I we're love. very fortunate, though. We, yeah. We did very well together. I love that part of the the film that yeah. featured that. I was so I think that's like what you were saying. A lot of people have assumptions just based on the outside of what things look like. They have no idea what it was really like or what yeah. well, I really him. transpired. Yeah, but I will I will say that say this in hindsight. Like I I, I was very young and I mm. I believed in um, not looking at the exterior but looking at the interior. And because of what you guys do, I actually now that I'm further away from it, like the exterior actually displayed what a lot of problems that were going on on the, on the yeah. interior. Mm-hmm. So you know that. There, he was he was screaming out mm-hmm. when he I'm an addict like I have problems and addictions mm-hmm. change and shift over time, so mm-hmm. the food addiction evolved right and, and was always the underlying issue. But there were, you know, as soon as he would get access to anything, nothing was done with subtlety. So whether it was prescription pain pills, mm-hmm. and just the the fame and the celebrity meant he could get anything he, he had wanted. Access. Any, yeah, oh yeah, right. And that's that's really sad. Mm-hmm. Now, so when you Think of the word addiction for you personally. Uh-huh. Like what comes to mind? What well, I mean, you, you, you appeared on Recovery Today. Yes. You know, so share a little bit about your story. What do you mean how I feel about addiction? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean. I mean, we, I mean, we all know it's horrible. Yeah. Um, but like what comes to mind when you hear the word addiction? I mean, the well, the lesson I think I learned and through the film is that the only person you can control is yourself. And that goes for whether you're the addict, the codependent, whatever you are in this yeah. in this cycle that kind of spins everyone out. Um, so the you know the catalyst for change comes from you, and no matter how much you want to change somebody else or want yeah. to help somebody else, you you can't. You can only hope for the best and take care of yourself in that situation. Um, and same thing if you're you're the addict, you're abusing something that's hurting you you terribly. Right. You, you're, no matter how much the people want it for you, you gotta, you gotta somehow find your way through it. So where were, so where hard. were your bigger struggles <clears> in <throat> conversation with Ralphie uh, when it comes to say addiction around drugs, and then you have food. I mean, obviously, when you met him, he wasn't small. Right. So he already had certain habits. He was a certain weight. But when it comes to addiction, was that always something he was battling with, even when you first met him, or did that all develop later? No, he he very much was he was massive when I met him. Yeah. I didn't realize what it meant to be a food addict and the amount of sneaking around and mm-hmm. things that was happening. I yeah. mean, I just so I didn't know. I I didn't really get it. Um, I also didn't realize that it would change over time. You couldn't say you have a drug addiction to Ralphie 
like that was not a conversation that would go right. well okay. even though we went to rehab and clearly had a problem mm-hmm. um that was a big source of of his pride so he, was very, not he, he was defensive, defensive. Yeah. oh well there's a clip there's a part in the when he's screaming at me <laughs> yeah um mm-hmm. yeah that's because so it's not completely clear in the film mm-hmm. um earlier so those of you you will see the yeah, film yeah. eventually <laughs> right. right um there's this day this long window of time in which Rafi's very sick he's vomiting and he's, yes he's very ill and i don't know what's wrong with him because i don't realize he's on pills we've been through rehab and he's just very sick and mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's going on um she edits down hours into minutes right but um i end up cleaning the we had a tour bus so i go back to the back room there's tissues everywhere it's it smells of him being sick yeah so i'm cleaning and i i open the curtains and lift the blinds and try to crack the window a little get some fresh air back there and i look and inside the cavity of the window is a bottle of oxycodone right and it's empty and i look at the date and it was for that month now leading up to this point over the years he'd received pain pills from all different people his assistant Aaron who's in the film years earlier um, had complained to me before we got Ralphie into rehab that he had been um, picking up pills for Ralphie in a parking lot from a waitress that worked at the comedy club at Zany's in that town so like there was a kind of a cartel happening behind the scenes that I'd never seen he got scared so he confessed to me about it but otherwise these people were doing this stuff for him there was another guy um, his Twitter handle was Dirty Sanchez, but he was a friend of Ralphie's from Arkansas, and I, he he was mailing stuff to him, and I mean I only figured that out because Ralphie went to the hospital once, and I had to dig rifle through the trash, and I found a bottle that had been mailed, and I, I called the guy up, and I was like, "Don't you ever do this again?" Even the dentist, Ralphie was paying for some of his friends to go get dental work. And the dentist was writing oh, him prescription right. pain pills. Like all these people. And over the years, you uncover these things, right? right. And you try and yes. stop it. You try and control it. And it just, it doesn't, he wanted it. Right. What was, these people are willing to get it for him. Mm-hmm. They. So my, what I should have done was just controlled my situation. But instead right. you spin out and try and stop it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in this case now, over the years these things happen, you think that the person is better, you think the person's off the stuff. Right. I look at the bottle and I realize he's not sick with a cold, he's withdrawals. He ran, he took all this medication oh. and now we're in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. His little assistant can't find him anything else because the guy had been gone in the car, all, like leaving us there without a car. I'm certain he was driving, I, that's my gut on it. He was looking. driving around looking for stuff for her and he couldn't find it because they're in Arkansas. I mean, right. I'm, I'm sure not, I mean, that, <laughs> yeah. we were in Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah, we were, and the, the week <clears throat> hadn't started. So like, I don't, I don't know. This is just me assembling the, what I think was going on. Right. So I'm looking at this bottle going, I can't be around this anymore. He'd also been extremely belligerent towards his sister that week over the phone mm-hmm. and um it was so it was a really like touchy situation and i called cat back with the camera and she didn't film it because she got scared oh wow and so we have she can attest to all this because she was there she witnessed it all but mm-hmm. it didn't it's kind of a little broken in the film so she tried to edit it together so that it would right. make some sense and i think you guys got the gist mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. so a few hours later i confronted him mm-hmm. and that's he's he yelled at me that night for like three hours and I just sat there and tried to like get through it and I flew home the next day with the kids and then a week later he filed for divorce yeah and that's what happened wow and he was but he was sick right that wasn't my husband that wasn't the man I married that wasn't the man that I made children with that was a man that was deeply addicted to to a lot of stuff it's so So, sad when you look at how the people that are working for you mm -hmm. and with you are the ones that enable. will support, yeah, enable your yeah. addiction. Well, like the craziest parts of the story, like, are still things that I'm like dealing with. Is that the two, so in the film, there's an assistant, the mm-hmm. redhead guy, and then yeah. the kind of handsome guy that's running around, and then the guy that's sitting at the table, the the manager. Mm-hmm. He will, he became his manager. So that week in Wisconsin, where I flew home, yeah, I told Ralphie, I said, you need to get help, like he was so violent and angry that I was scared. Right. And so, um, 
those three men took him to the divorce attorney. He didn't mm-hmm. go on his own. And then the manager became his official manager the next day, essentially. So, like, it was just yes. crazy to me that, that he, and then he unfiled because he didn't do didn't it. didn't really and, want that, yeah. Well, right. he was in this, when he's rattling and he's, like, all angry and discombobulated, and that was done right as he filed for divorce. I mean, so it blew my mind. Yeah. Well, and then he had these people around him that made you the villain, I'm sure. Dude, I... <laughs> you know I mean, I mean I, it's hard for people who are watching or listening to this interview right now because right. they're going to not really grasp the craziness of it. Because it's like... I, it's funny. I watched The Act this week. I don't know if you guys saw that on, on uh, Hulu. It's like this story about a woman who... And but and basically, it's a true story about yeah. a, a, a woman who put her child in a wheelchair who wasn't crippled at all. It's like a crazy story, and it's based yes. in truth. Yes, mm-hmm. and I you're like, it. wow, the truth is crazier than it's, fiction. It is, and that's how I feel about about what I went through. Like here, I was this like loyal, loving wife, yeah, just trying the, my hardest to keep him sober and keep him healthy, right? And then I ended up getting so vilified, like well, that was something that I saw when I watched it was that, um, and I, it's, I guess I'll. Um, end it with a question is that it seems like at the beginning at some point where he had surgery had the gastric bypass surgery his he had this um, desire to get healthier to drop weight mm-hmm. like he really it seemed like he really wanted that for himself and and then I see throughout the you know the film that you know when you come up or when you show up you have like I don't know you brought trainers at one point they tried you try to you know kind of clean out the food that was available on the tray in the in the um, on the bus and all that and I wonder, though, like, where was there a point in time where all of a sudden or not all of a sudden, but where he stopped wanting those things? Because I'm, it seemed like he really did. Like there was a part Early where he says, on. like, I don't want to be in pain anymore. Like he really wanted a change. And well, here's the thing that I don't I don't know, because he so th- there's that one part in the film where he's sitting there talking about his his vital signs. Mm-hmm. He's on the phone and he gets off the phone with the doctor and he says, I'm in great shape. My heart, my heart is this. And it, it's not true. But mm-hmm. I think, I don't, I say, I wasn't going with him to his doctor's visits. I wasn't, there's just no way. He, he, he eventually, his heart gave out a year and a half later. There's no way. It was congenitive heart failure. Like, mm-hmm. he had an enlarged heart for a long time leading up to that. When he did Celebrity Fit Club, the doctor on that show told him he had precursors for diabetes. That was 15 years ago. Right. right. So at this point in his life, I imagine that he was, he wouldn't ever talk about it, right? Because that would have meant a catalyst for change or taking responsibility, right? right? If at any moment Rafi had said, I, I, I'm diabetic, I might, I, I, he'd have to do something about right. it, okay. right? Maybe. So this is just the way I kind of de- have defragged things over the last few right. years, but like, I think he might have been more aware of his failing health and maybe it just felt like a losing battle. So I might as well yeah, go out with and have as much, I don't Whatever. know if it's fun, but which is really sad for our children. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just, I, again, I'm speculating about it, but that to me makes sense is that at some point you're 500 pounds and you have a lot of things wrong and you're in a lot of pain right. Maybe it's just easier to not. To not even try. Now, was the yeah. Celebrity Fit Club one of those moments where someone, some producers came to you and they said, hey, we got this new show. This would be a great opportunity. And you guys go, this is it. And you <laughs> see, you said, Ralphie, this is this would be good for business, mm-hmm. make a little bit of money, more, per, I mean, gets us out there. Um, at that point, I mean, it was after Last Comics. So, I mean, he was thrilled to get in on, on another show. I went up to visit him one time they sh- or no they came to our apartment i think yeah because I'm, I'm mixing up the shows the last comic scene was um celebrity fit club they came to us and shot for a few hours and i was in like every episode of that show like because <laughs> because we're so unusual looking right. um but i i mean what a great opportunity they're paying him to lose weight you know and, yeah. and he did really well on it it was one of those things that was made me believe that he could do anything and it was yeah. the reason why I thought we'll put a camera on him and watch him lose weight because the pressure of the camera as a performer right. should have, in my miscalculations, this should help this man. He, like he give all, him some accountability. Yeah. Right. Right. Like 
he's going to do well. And when, when the show was over, what was it like after that? Did what do you he, mean when Celebrity Foot Club was over? Yeah. When, oh, well, un- he he actually had a hernia from that show. Because, you oh. know, they, they had him, for the camera, he was performing and running. Right. Running <laughs> right. up a mountain. Like, I think they took him to Runyon and had him run oh up gosh. a portion of that. And he herni- he had a hernia. Oh, my god. Because, you know, you can't right. do some of the things. Yeah. But, I mean, he did lose 70 pounds of fat. So they did some things it's right. Some things didn't work, but yeah. you know that's you, so. Our initial contact was the psychologist. I think yeah. that's what Marissa. Marissa, played. yeah. She, did she play the psychologist in the show or nutritionist? Uh, she did the the, psych, the psychoanalysis okay. and yeah. some hypnosis and so stuff. So she's I a love friend Marissa. of mine, right? Yeah. Her and her I hubby. just saw her recently. Yeah, good people. Yeah, uh-huh. and so I was in Beverly Hills with uh, with her and John, her husband, mm-hmm. and she goes, "I think I have a client for you," and I go, "Who's that?" And she said. Well, let me talk to him, and I'm going to set it up. And it was Ralphie May. Oh, wow. And so Aww. Ralphie and I got on the phone. Uh, we ex- we got uh, emails. Um, I got a cell number. And I reached out. You know, he said he would be willing to, like, give it a shot. And I reached out, mm-hmm. and he didn't respond. I reached out a second time. He didn't respond. I reached out again, <laughs> right? And then he it was a really quick response. I said, I'm going to send you something. So I was figuring out, let me get him to engage without right. talking. And uh, he goes, okay. Um, I, I emailed, did you get it? Didn't respond. <laughs> then finally he says, got it. And that was the extent of my time with uh, Ralphie. <laughs> he, uh, I reached out quite a few times, but yeah. I went back to Marissa. I go, I'm, I'm trying. She goes, just be patient. And I try to be patient, but we never had the opportunity to meet. And here we are years later, I'm sitting with you. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, we Our don't have. Our paths have actually crossed quite a few times because I, I love fitness. I, I think partially being with him really inspired me to learn about health and well-being because I always had this thought, if I'm doing something, he'll want to come along. And I think it was more like, annoying <laughs> like, <laughs> like that cartoon character that's like bouncing around like the sleeping big dog that's like, like they're probably, you're like working out <laughs> come outside on, the go. bus yeah let's go for a walk come well, on, you come never on. were did you ever become the kind of person that he felt like he needed to eat before he saw you oh yeah before you go to so, dinner so, <laughs> right so, oh right to, to um, hide no yeah. he was definitely a sneaky a sneaky eater um i would find evidence of things very rarely because he was really good at it but an interesting thing just came up wow. so when um when ralphie was on last comic standing um, he got the show, and in the story, he tells a little bit about how he got the show. Like, I put the <laughs> flight on my credit card to get him home from Hawaii because we were doing a gig in Hawaii, and yeah. it was more than two months of our rent to get him back home to just do a three-minute audition. But he nailed it. He got the show, and it changed our lives. Right. And at the time, he was like, well, I can't. He even said to me, he goes, I can't ask you to pay for that. And I go, I'm going to invest in you. I go, you go, the worst thing that can happen is for you not to try. Like, what right. difference? Uh, it's only money. And so put him on the plane. He came home, and he nailed it. That's awesome. Which was amazing. Yeah. But we were so broke. When he went into the <laughs> house at Last Comic, we had we lived in an apartment. I think it was 900 a month or something like that. Uh-huh. It was off Crenshaw. It was West Adams. But, like, <laughs> okay. there, yeah. Because the reason why we moved there was because it had a washer and dryer. Oh, right. Because in L.A., there's no... Can you imagine doing Ralphie's laundry? So we got this apartment, but it was in a terrible area. There was, like, gunshots. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was not good. But it had two bedrooms. And so when Ralphie ended up on Last Comic, we needed a roommate because that show didn't pay him for a few months out. Oh. And I was working a temp job that paid not like barely I was you know 50% of that rent Mm. so this guy Sean Anderson moved in from um I think he came in from Oklahoma City we met him on some comic forum and the guy shows up and he is as big as Ralphie oh no and it was hilarious because it was a front entrance back entrance (laughs) this is such an amazing story because I I Ralphie got really mad at me actually because I talked to Sean on the phone and when I got off I go I go I think he's fat and Robbie's like, Robbie, Robbie's like, how do you know that? Like, how can you? That's rude. You're being right. rude. And uh-huh. I go, he goes, I know he was breathing really heavy. Like, I think the guy's going to be fat. And sure enough, he showed up. He was like 
Oh, maybe even bigger than a taller, wow. definitely. I love mm. this story though so much, and I love Sean so much because the funniest way thing that <laughs> is how these two men met. It was a front, it was a sh- like a gunshot kind of apartment, you know, like when you can see the front entrance and the back entrance. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. These two men entered at the exact Sounds same time <laughs> and met in the hallway, and they were like the mirror hey. image, and we called him the double wide male. Oh my because, god! Instead of single white female, because yeah. when he moved in, Rafi was just coming up. <laughs> Right. And he would get calls from Kimmel and to do things. You ever hear the story of somebody sitting on a couch and getting gigs in L.A. like it never happens. Sean Sean would get all the work that Ralphie wasn't taking at the time. So he literally sit on the couch. He got to do Kimmel. He got to do a bunch of this is a great setup. Yeah, because he was he was Ralphie's twin. Yeah. (laughs) So I was living with these two incredibly fat men. But the great story that always bothered Ralphie. But Sean ended up leaving and going back home, Mm -hmm. lost all the weight. Um, wow. he's got this blog that he's been doing for years and I'm sorry, Sean, I don't remember what it's called right now, but it's something about like the, like an overachiever weight loss. And he talks a lot about, he is a thin average sized male now, Wow! but he t- actually messaged me the other day and he was telling me how Ralphie would say to him when I would leave, mm-hmm. you fly, I buy. And the two of them would go and binge together. So he just needed that. I don't know. I never even knew that until the other day. So when you asked me about the sneak eating, right. things do come up all the time. And I, wow. I piece together bits of the puzzle. But the, these two men found comfort in, in going and, and binging together. And Well, you know, it's, it's yeah. interesting in the, the space that I'm in since 95, helping people lose weight, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you meet a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that has helped me reach people is a compassion and empathy that I have for them. Right. right. And I believe I get that partly because I'm a mama's boy and I love my mom and she <laughs> battled with her weight. But also on a smaller level, I've had those experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. So personally, like I remember at one point, you know, being married uh, to someone who was very health conscious and we're both health conscious. That's what we did. Right. <laughs> but I would stop at a store down the street before I got home and have that have that donut. <laughs> so that she would, so she, so she would, she would give be, you the look. Yeah, like, what is that? I didn't want the look. The judgment. Uh, I didn't want the judgment. Yeah. Well, I worry about that with my kids now because I, I don't want them to feel that way or feel like they need to go and sneak eat or because it's, right. it's a real thing. Oh, that happens to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you go to Westlake or Calabasas where there's people who are living above, you know, doing well financially, mm-hmm. the parents are like the epitome of fitness. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the kid and they're battling and you can mm-hmm. see the battle mm-hmm. and the parents don't understand because they're eating, you know, cage free range. Right. But the chicken, kids are sneaking off they're and sneaking, they're sneaking. food. And oh. I would always tell my, the parents that I would be coaching. I said, go home before your daughter gets home, look under her bed or look in the closet mm-hmm. and you're going to find some, some stuff. You know, you're going to find some but smarties. What do you do? <laughs> so how do, how do they, yeah. I mean, cause that's, that's a relationship thing. That's a being able to, cause I mean, even even with Ralphie, like I said, the only person you can control is yourself, right? right? Like, but the worst thing that could happen in my mind, like I know there's an um, genetic component to addiction, and and there was exposure, and you know, so I watch my kids, and I think all the time. I mean, as parents that deal with their child, like that's way well, the, worse. The, 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 yes. the three things that I tell every parent, I say: number one, mm-hmm. take care of you first. Mm-hmm. Really, just do for you. But don't expect everyone to be you. Yeah. And that's right. where many parents fall short and they totally hard. mess it up. Yeah. And I know that secondhand because yeah. after coaching women, like like thousands of women mm-hmm. over the years, I would have maybe 15 to 20 percent of my clients. Right. Would be a woman who said, yeah, when I was a kid, my mom was really strict on nutrition. We couldn't right. hardly eat any candy. Soda pop was never <laughs> made available in the house. And so when those women grow up, right. that's. They fall prey to that. It's like free for all. Right. Because for years they were under restriction and deprivation they felt. For sure. And so, and there's a language around talking about food. Like with stay healthy, we never call a person obese. Instead, we would say they're at risk or they have excess body fat. Right. Because once you know you have excess of anything, you can always get rid of something. You know, that's like the positive thinking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and lo- losing something is actually not a good thing, right? Right. So we don't want to lose the weight. We just want to get rid of it. Right. Yeah. And things like that. Like the, the language we use and the messages we tell ourselves is really And you really don't come important. across judgmental to me. No. I hope not. Not, <laughs> not at all. Not, to I mean, be. not at all. <laughs> so, and because it could also be the flip of, it's not your judgment, but it's their judgment. So How they're Ralphie, judging themselves. Yes. He could have looked at you and just knew that he's not fulfilling all the things that you know that he's pos- he has the potential of fulfilling. Maybe, yeah. I mean, yeah. look, I just wanted what was best for us as a family unit, and I fought for that, and I lost. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. And what is it like now with you know having two kids that as they mature, I'm sure they have more questions about right. their father. Um, I I'm doing the best I can with them. When when Ralphie passed, we were not together for that entire year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last year of that, I, I didn't talk to him. I couldn't. And at that point, you were separated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You weren't divorced. No. Okay. Um, he moved the div- he filed for divorce in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and I responded in California. So, like one of the things that TMZ uh. re- reported was that I'd filed for divorce. They just didn't do enough research to recognize that I was just responding here. We were living here. Right. The kids were in school here. He didn't want to divorce me here. He wanted to divorce me in Tennessee, where you saw that we had a second house, and um, that. Uh, he wanted to displace us out of California. I didn't want to leave. And so I stayed here and there was a jurisdictional fight for a year. And um, because of that, he I didn't have a state to appeal to. Mm. So for a year, he um, he could do whatever he wanted. And in that year, with I'm sure with the people around him, they, they emptied my bank accounts and um, didn't really hardly take care of us. He kept the house payment. He kept the lights on. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't act right. Um, and that's really sad for all of us. But right. then he also said that he made up a lot of stories for people, which I can fully defend, but I shouldn't have to. But right. he would say things like I wouldn't let him see the kids. And that was never the case ever. In fact, I have written, I kept notes on everything. And it was all I hate that anybody would ever think that I kept him from his kids. The only thing I tried to do was make sure that he had somebody with him with his children right because Rafi would pass out right that's it yeah he would just simply pass out he had um try he had a girlfriend whom he tried to be the caretaker mm-hmm. and um that didn't seem like a good idea to me and she'd only known her for a few months when this came up and um she got arrested dui dwi oh my we- God. paraphernalia and a loaded handgun so oh. I, I had my reasons for wanting to make sure that the kids right. were with somebody yeah. that I knew when they were with him. And yeah, your mom. He would show up in L.A. for his visits and then not show up for the visits. The uh, kids would like wait for infinite. four hours at the Grove for him to show up to see a movie and he'd never show up. <sighs> and so these are the children's memories of right. the last year that he was alive. There were very, very few interactions with him and not because of me, which is not something that Ralphie obviously took responsibility for. Right. So a lot of people think, oh, she kept him from his kids. No, no. In fact, until things got really challenging and I finally got an order from the court, he had carte blanche. I can't keep a man from seeing his kids. I couldn't have even enforced him to see them with somebody legally because I didn't have a legal ground to stand on. He still could have come in and said, I'm going to see the kids. Mm-hmm. He just never did. Now, when you so, made this documentary, did you make it in a way where you kept certain things out of it? I didn't have control over the edit. So when, um, I could have. So I You know what I mean? Because your kids, as they mature, they're going to want to watch the documentary. Yeah, and it sucks for them in Mm -hmm. some ways, and it also is great for them. Um, So that's two things in there. Um, Well, first of all, I gave up control of the film when I realized that I was a dominating subject in it, because initially it was just supposed to be about him, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm actually a huge part of this film. Mm Mm-hmm. Ralphie's not alive, I, I, it would be incredibly irresponsible for me to control the story arc of the whole thing. So I literally stepped out of the edit. Unless there was something that I was able to contribute, mm-hmm. um, be it footage or something. I, and so creatively, Kat Reinhardt had full control of the edit. And, uh, and I think she did a pretty honest job. That was her, she even, the a film yeah. opens with When You Tell My Story, Be Honest. Yes. So she took that, I think, that responsibility really to heart. But where my kids come into it, um, I was really and am very concerned for them. 
because right. there will always be the kids in that film. But when we talked a few minutes ago about addiction and the genetic component, I think it maybe if if it comes out in the right way for them in life, then they can be sitting in this chair helping other people someday with their right. addiction issues and knowing that they went through that. Um, and hopefully they can dodge that that road, you know? Yeah. Does that right. make sense? No, it makes Having seen sense. the film? Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, but that was something I've really toyed with a lot because they are so little. Yeah. Now, do you feel, I'll go ahead. Yeah, I mean, do you feel like, you know, when you were at the point where you're trying, you obviously are always trying to help him and, you know, be there for him and be supportive, but did you, was there a point in time where you realized, like, like you said, that at the end of the day, they have to be the ones that are sort of responsible, like where you were able to sort of let that part go of trying to feel like it was something that was up to you to make the difference? Cause that would feel, I mean, um, I would just imagine that that pressure that you had on yourself to try to feel like you, if there's something that you could do to help it, but, but you really can't, right? It's gotta be them. So after he filed for divorce the, the first time, because he filed twice, mm-hmm. right? So the first time he filed, I was heartbroken. Like, six eight weeks after receiving the i mean he served me papers like he didn't just call me up and say hey i want a divorce like literally it was ding dong what is this and you didn't know it was coming no idea right no idea that's in the that's in the film right yeah well part I, of it right? i don't know i mean but i literally f- just fell apart and i didn't know i mean everything just was very confusing right like right so i'd have to say though uh, a few weeks later, probably about six weeks later, I I just remember this one night. I, I cried so heavily. Mm. Like, I literally felt like my heart break. Yeah. And then um, and I was like, okay, all right. And then we, we tried to reconcile, but I just couldn't couldn't come back from that. I tried. And then we he, refi- he actually refiled. I, I never had the courage to file. I, I think in many ways he did me a favor because then what transpired after that, I, I started to work on myself. I went to mm-hmm. therapy. I'm still in therapy. I get a lot of, a lot of help. But, the, but right. it was never final, right? The divorce was never, never got finished. Okay. But we were entangled then after that. It, it got ugly. Like he was so mad at me. Mm. And I, he was mad at you, but he had already moved on and started yeah. dating someone. Yeah. Were you dating someone? You know, someone? that was, the, I, we'll get to that in a minute, but that was the <laughs> interesting moment for me realizing that I was not responsible for his addiction was when she was arrested because I found out about it and I was like, because huh. a lot of people over the years, he had many messes and we had other people get arrested in in his periphery, right. like these people that were hanging around him and I'd have to like bail them out and help <sighs> like, and so here's the situation where this trashy chick from florida gets arrested mm-hmm. and i go huh that's not my business right wow what a relief um so the one thing that i did do that i think um well i know pissed ralphie off but this was almost a year after our separation right um i created a visual album uh, comedy songs mm-hmm. 10 comedy songs about my divorce. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> it's called Limeade. You remember Beyonce did Lemonade? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I did the comedy version called Limeade, and I shot a visual album, and I'm very proud of it. It's how I dealt with my grief, <laughs> and I think it helps anyone else going through divorce, breakup, whatever. You if you are going that. through a divorce or a breakup, you can go online and look at Limeade because there's a song on there for you. And some of the songs, <laughs> they're not based in truth. Can I curse? Yes, yeah. You okay. So I fucked his best friend. <laughs> he hated the cunt. Like all these songs that I wrote that are really funny and are like, and and it's it traced the the pain I was going through. Right. Oh, that's what I do. I'm a comic. Yeah. Well, he didn't like it. He got mad. But the reality is, is that if I go and perform in a club even now, people don't right. associate me with Ralphie. They just see this woman telling jokes. Yeah. So if I slip in a joke about my fat husband, nobody puts that together. Right. Even online, people were watching my visual album. Nobody was like, very few people would be like, oh, Ralphie was oh, your husband. Right. Or they'd find out, was this about Ralphie? <laughs> like, right. like, they don't really get it. But from his perspective, it was... Very was narcissistic he, right. for yeah. him. It was like a full-on attack. Oh, it was like attack. Yeah, but yeah. this was like a year after when my, my bank accounts had been emptied. I'd been fired from work. I'd been like... Wow. Yeah, like crazy-ass things had happened that gave me full, in my mind, justification to do whatever the fuck I wanted <laughs> because we're already like down this road. But yeah. he was already angry at me. So that 
that gave him a reason, I guess, in his mind. Oh. But you'd asked another question, and I, I didn't know what it was. Well, I mean, he had moved on into oh, a yeah. relationship. So had I moved on? Yeah. About a year after he filed, I started trying to date again. And um, and for now it's been, when people see the film, it's very recent to see this breakup between us. But for me, it's been four years. So I've been in a relationship now for over a year yeah. with somebody really special. Oh. So, All yeah. right. So are somebody you going has... to mention names? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Like she's trying to, she's like, I'm protecting. Yeah. Protecting him. <laughs> but in his, in his world, he grew up around addiction and doesn't hardly touch anything ever occasional drink or you know like a gummy or something every now and then is yeah. all he'll ever do in the in the entire time i've been with him we've maybe had cocktails like four times it's just it's a, a vi- total different we experience. hike we yeah we do the things that, that so i have a partner that and and for the children he's yeah. been amazing i if someone had told me i'd meet somebody that was gonna love my children yeah and it's that's that's been incredible for us yeah now, will there be a book that follows? Oh my gosh! Ah. It's almost like you're reading my mind. I know she's like, "What?" I am, a, I am a mind reader. By <laughs> you know what? I have been writing the because yeah. what I what I realized was after the premiere, on even doing this interview, people have so many questions, yeah. and so I I've been I actually am three chapters in, and I have the rest of the book in my like in my Trello app, which is like I, all I the love notes. Trello. Yes. Yeah. So I've been like I I have a good chunk of it already in motion that's yeah. awesome that'll that's be great such a good question because i've never written a book yeah <laughs> but I, I yeah i i really want to get this done it's really therapy for me too i bet i well, mean you know you you sit back and you watch yeah. you know you see the celebrity that goes through addiction they you know unfortunately lose their right. life at times but i always want to know what is life for the family heck yeah and you know what i mean the kids mm. and like yeah. how did they deal with that and how are they dealing with yeah, it? Yeah, like and still dealing. Yeah, so I could see people running to buy your book and to watch this documentary because they want to know like how did you do yeah. it because they're looking for strength. Oh, that's I hope I can give people strength. Right. That's like I if I can take all it's doing the documentary releasing that hard, very awful year of my life if other people look at it and they can get the strength and the help they need then I've done something right. Yeah. Um but idea of writing a book is is new to me but i've been working on yeah. it and i i hope so i mean that'd be awesome right. if i can help people and then i also want to do my next one hour special okay that would be great i want people to also go yeah. okay she's really funny yeah because <laughs> this interview is not that funny <laughs> no and I, I i i like mirror that too because after watching the film i was thinking the same thing at the end just like well what about i mean i know it was about ralphie but mm. it's like now what about you what, what about next? the kids and how that left you there's so much um like tragic it was just tragic you know in so many ways so the year that followed his death was really hard because mm-hmm. he, it, it, anyone who's ever had to be an executor for somebody who's passed away and handled the post-mortem oh. stuff is first of all there was no money in his bank accounts i, I put the math together the other day on it Ralphie, pa- I didn't even realize. You know, like little things crop into. Mm-hmm. Ralphie had passed away mm-hmm. first thing in the morning. I didn't learn about it till early afternoon. So it gave these people an opportunity that I to don't do know. some things. Yeah, and I, I mean, there was like two hundred eighty something dollars in his personal account, and I tried what? to do figure it out. I had a, a friend of mine actually who was an amazing man who helped me a lot, and he's a private investigator, and he had some ideas, but I. I chose not to get too obsessed with trying right. to find stuff instead to just move forward because even if I figure it out, it's not going to help me. Right. I, I could only go back and figure out certain things like, you know, certain things that disappeared from the home. Where did those end up? And, you know, and then at the end of the day, you're like, it's just stuff. Right. I mean, did it's he just, have life insurance? No. He was he was it because he just didn't have it or he wasn't insurable? He wasn't insurable. Wow. Yeah, that was a that was a big problem when we had when I was pregnant with my son, um, I tried to get him life insurance, and I I was sitting in the office in our house there in Nashville when mm-hmm. the um, lady came in to take his vitals. Right. Yeah. And I I asked him to stop smoking weed before she came for a few days because that would preclude Show, him. Yeah. 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 And she's how old are you? What's your <laughs> age? What's your weight? Are you a smoker? And he goes not cigarettes 
And she packed up her bag and walked right out. No oh, way. Gosh. Yep, she didn't even finish the exam. She just she knew at his size, at his age, at his like weight. Just no. Well, and I had done. Well, I mean, that's kind of uh, look at where we are now with cannabis, right? It's becoming legal for well, medicinal like medicinal yeah. purposes. Yeah. And I'm sure he could have gotten a medis- I mean, a medical card. Yeah. And so for an insurance person. Well, this was just, going back up. This was in Tennessee going right. back. Yeah, I was quite a while, right? Yeah, it was pretty that doesn't help August, Tennessee. So this is 11 years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, at least. Okay. So yeah. things have changed. Yeah. Yeah. So back then it was, yeah, she literally packed up her bag and left. And I was just like, okay. So, <laughs> so we were told he would get insurance if he got under 300 pounds. And that was it. So he either needed to get under 300 pounds or not. So, yeah, he didn't, um, I didn't really leave his kids in the best way. But we've gotten, I, I'm very, very, very blessed. We were able to stay in our house. Mm-hmm. It just took a, it took a year of like a lot of finagling and figuring out how to do it. And, mm-hmm. and so, but it worked well, out. It's working out. Well, yeah. I definitely but, picked that up with you. You're definitely persistent. Yes. And you follow through because I met you before you, when I remember you saying, I'm going to do a documentary. Oh, before and it's even. come to fruition. Yeah. yeah, because when I came here with um, our friend Krista, uh-huh. she was doing the, um, the one time I came here for... For Odiva. Yes. Yes. I think, and it was not long, or right around the time when Rafi had passed. I think yeah, that, it was either right oh, before yeah. or right, right after. Or right after, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yep. And so I had to figure out how to finish the film. But we finished it. it it's taken years. <laughs> okay, so yeah. okay, so I get so. it now. So I, I had a synapse break up there. Oh wait, and that is that ten years. You and Ralphie both wanted to do this documentary. Yes. Okay, so it started with you guys. We're going to do this. Yeah. And what was the reasoning then to do the documentary? Um. So one of the things that I think Ralphie was a little concerned with with weight loss was that he would lose his fan base. That was one of the things I always felt from him. Is you know I mean because they they knew him like let's that. Let's imagine if Ralphie was his proper weight of let's say he was 180 pounds, people wouldn't know who he was even. Right. So and his jokes would have to. I mean, his jokes would have, would have to change, change a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I, mean, I get was, that. I mean, you remember Luther Vandross, right? Yeah. So romantic singer. Yeah. You know, been around forever. Right. You know, in in, in the African American community, we always if, if you brought up Luther. We would say big Luther or little Luther. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because oh, you lost weight. we believe big Luther sings better. Yeah. Right? Oh my God. <laughs> right. And so then big Ralph so is get, more I, funny. I can well, see yeah. it. There's definitely that fear, right? Of how will I make that transition? So I, that was one of the things. And then also, I mean, I can't get inside of Ralphie's head. So to right. be honest with you, looking at the film, it's like, why did he agree to do it? He, he really didn't do what he signed up to do. I don't know if he was just appeasing me because I was really gung-ho about making right. sure that this was going to happen. But he agreed. I mean, we bought the camera. I, I went out and picked out the camera, but he was involved in all these decisions. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I wish he was around. I have so many questions for him. <laughs> and That's something that that, um, that actually my therapist brought up. She was like, if you've lost somebody, one of the hardest things is that you always have left things that questions. you would have wanted to ask that person a lot of questions. I bet. I, I do believe yeah. like, I'm big on energy, vibrations, um, spending time by yourself, thinking that as you've mentioned a few times in mm-hmm. our talk, those answers will come to you. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe you don't need to know everything either. Right. So those things are left. But I do think that Ralphie wanted, I mean, obviously he was an active participant in the film. Yeah, he was. Right. So, um, Although Kat said that he spent a lot of time sleeping, so when we say active participant, <laughs> right, he was, but he was on board. He, he right, the crazy, he agreed. So here's the thing leading up to me buying the camera, um, that that is always mind blowing to me is that Ralphie wanted to do more reality. So we, because we were unusual looking together, some mm-hmm. of the footage that is in the film is from two projects that we did early in our relationship that um, one was a reality show and another one was kind of a documentary reality show. Uh-huh. So after those two experiences of allowing somebody else with a camera to follow us around, I I never wanted to do it again. He always oh. wanted to. So leading up to us shooting hmm. the film, his management was trying to pitch us to do more reality. We did like an interview at E! We did a couple of things and I kept saying, I don't want to do this. Oh. But 
if we bring in Kat and we bring in our own camera, then we know what the footage is and we can decide what we want right. said about our lives. Although, yeah, like I said, I, I removed myself from that edit, but I trust Kat. I know yeah. that she had, and ultimately if she did something horrible to Ralphie or I, I would have stopped it. Right. right. I mean, it's not great for me at times. It's not great for him at times. I think she was pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never wanted to do more reality. And he did. So can you imagine yes. this story in the hands of like some producer that's like actually pushing for tension? Right. There was enough tension Trying without to it. like build the drama yeah. and all that. Yep. Yeah. So now what, what would you want people to know about this documentary or why you feel you would want them to watch it? Oh, that's a good question. Well, first they need to know that it's it's going to come out eventually in the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, so be patient. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I hope people that take away the message from it is that, um, like I said earlier, that, that you are in control of, of your life and all you can do is love somebody and, and take care of yourself. And because I don't, I don't know, you're the more, uh, you're the more the expert than me in that area. But that that's what I learned from all of my struggles. But I don't know. Well, what would you want people to know about Ralphie that you don't believe people know? Oh, from the film? Uh, no, about this him. One, yeah. Hmm. That's a tough one for me. What would I want them to know? Well, I mean, it was it's very obvious that you fell in love with him. Yeah. Like, that's very clear. So anyone who watches the documentary or gets to meet you will know that. But was Ralphie the kind of guy that maybe he had a spiritual side to him that people <laughs> don't know? You know what I mean? Like, we know he's funny. Uh, when he had his kids, was he a great dad? Like, did he just bring them in? You know what I mean? Like, so when we had April, our first, he was an amazing father. He, I was actually terrified. I'd never changed a diaper and he'd helped raise his nieces and nephews. So he was ready for a baby. And he was like a waterbed. I mean, she would just, if he, (laughs) (laughs) they would just, she would just go out. Like that was the safest place for her. And, um, yeah, he was really, really present for her. By the time our son came around, that's when things were starting to dwindle for him and his ability with his kids. But, yeah, he was really – he and and no matter what, he loved those kids. Yeah. I know he loved his children more than anything, which tells you how strong and powerful addiction is. Yeah. Because as Even much as that. he loved them, that wasn't enough, which sucks. But he did love those babies, and I believe he really loved me too. Oh, man. For most of his life. Maybe at the end he was too angry. I don't know what his, I don't know what he, where he was at the end, but yeah, yeah he did adore me. I know that. And I loved him too. So. And what are some questions that oh, you. Oh, now I'm all choked <laughs> up. <laughs> I'm like, you can take that one. <laughs> but I know that's what I got. And when I, and I watched the film, there was so much of, about that that I saw, especially, I think there was a clip when I think you're going into delivery. I think it is for your daughter. Yeah. And he's so excited. And I, that's why I was just wondering, like, wow, like he really seemed like he wanted to change it just yeah. I know for me personally I feel like oh, you just want to figure out so much for someone you love like that and and I guess my question would be then you know if you were to tell someone who's in that position like you're in and feeling helpless or you know they're beating themselves up like what would you say to someone like that well, about that kind of situation like they're trying to help a loved one and you know you can't make someone do what you want them to do what you know is good for them like, yeah, you... it sucks. I tell you, it sucks. Mm-hmm. You you love somebody who who isn't going to treat themselves kindly, and they can't treat you kindly if they can't be yeah. good to themselves either. So you're in a dangerous situation, and that sucks. And mm-hmm. and you can hear that, but when you're in it, you probably are going to really struggle to leave it yeah. because there's so much at stake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, when you have children with somebody right. and you built a life with somebody, you yeah. just I I never thought that there was any other option Mm. but for him to get well and it turns out unfortunately there was another option and he took that option and he's not here and that life does go on and that we're only here for a limited amount of time anyways so let's try our to make it our best possible time and uh and i i try to enjoy most every day as best as i can that's all i can do and be there for my kids yeah so See, I, that's I, a great I, answer. I totally, I mean, 
It is what it is. Like yeah. there's, um, you can only control what's within your control. And, you know, I, I learned years ago, uh, like my master's in counseling psychology. And so in the space of psychology, we know that 85% plus of the reasons why people are upset, frustrated, angry is because they want to control things that are outside of their control. Yeah. True. Right. And so whenever you find yourself upset or frustrated, ask yourself, what am I trying to control? Yeah. Yeah. That, that yeah. I can't. And it could be, I want those answers. Right. Then, you, you know can't what I mean? Get them. And yeah. then the way you, the solution around that is you move into acceptance of the unwanted reality. Right. So you have a wanted reality and an unwanted reality. Right. And you learn to move into acceptance for the unwanted side of it. And once you do that, man, you have freedom. Mm-hmm. But it's tough because we always want to control. Right. Right? Well, <laughs> eventually, let it, go. it will happen for you, whether or not. You, like at right. some point, it, the, the scale will tip and It'll you'll work have, itself out. Yeah, you'll have to give in to whatever your circumstances are. We have it pretty good, too. I always have to remind myself of how lucky I, I feel very blessed. Like, fortunately, early on in my life, I did a lot of travel, got to see how people really struggle in this world mm-hmm. on this yeah. planet and how blessed i mean i've got healthy children i'm 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 a healthy person like right. i have things to celebrate i i drove here today in a car <laughs> like yes. there's a million and one roof things. over your head all yes that. Yeah. I, it's a beautiful day and everything changes from minute to minute so if you're having a bad minute that's not it, it's not even a whole day necessarily it's not your forever yeah and you you can get through it to the other side and so just try and find the positive parts and everything and and you go through that those tough Mm -hmm. times but there's usually a silver lining to it i think um so but again it's our lives are all relevant or relative to other i just see i saw such extreme poverty and disease like i went to india oh wow yeah when i was after i graduated college and i just saw such sadness and Mm -hmm. And also some of the most beautiful colors right. and smells and flavors I've ever tasted. So it's like, it's really it's crazy. What, yeah. Yeah. Wow. The human experience. Yeah, <laughs> well, we have. So do you have a last question? Because, um, I mean, I could talk to you for a day, you're, all day because you're so pleasant. Oh, thanks. And you can <laughs> yes, feel that the definitely. energy is real, is right. Mm. And I know that we're going to do whatever we can to support you. And Yeah. Well, I want to learn from you guys. Like, I... I'm constantly trying to learn more because I, you're, you've helped so many people. Like, I'd like to learn how to do that too. All right. No, well, and you are, and you are. She's going to take Daniel's uh, position. I we know, should, right? We should get rid of Daniel. <laughs> no, <laughs> I love no. Daniel. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, I guess I really don't have a question. I just have a comment about the fact that I love that. I mean, I love that you're a mom, and I love that that the film shares that and just your role there. I think it was um very very powerful and. Uh, I know as a mom myself, I totally love that. So hey. thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that and allowing someone to follow you around like that in, in you know, your whole family. That was, uh, oh. that's hard. That's hard to allow that, I think. Well, Kat's a special person mm-hmm. and, and she she deserves all the credit in the world for doing a really mm-hmm. great job with very little. I mean, she had one camera, one, like, this is, but it was so so real. That's what yeah, yeah. I liked about it. it just kinda... She became part of our family. Yeah. So yeah, and and I, I look forward to it finding its home wherever it, the documentary is going to end up being. It's it, yeah. Hopefully, well, not hopefully. In the new year, we will have some things to announce. If anybody wants to find out more about the film, there is a website, yeah. and you can sign up for. The email there's an email list. It's okay. what's eating I hate the title, by the way. <laughs> to tell you how little control I had over the film, to tell you I didn't even choose the title, and I was like, I don't. But it sticks. No, oh, people remember it. Yeah. It wasn't it my. It, it wasn't a title that yeah, I chose. I remember, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's what's eating and uh, and you can get on there and get information on the film, and then you can also follow my social media and Ralphie's social media. It's still active, and okay. we're going to announce everything as they come up with the film. Awesome. So you can find out more. And if you have questions, I'm pretty accessible. So. Well, great. you know, he, he, you guys battle with the, two of the biggest challenges we have in the world right now. Uh, addiction, mm-hmm. you know, with opioids and the challenges there and excess fat. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, I do work with Recovery Today and Greg Hanley, who owns Soba, is how I connected with Daniel. Oh. So Daniel literally came and met me through our common friend. 
because Daniel's blood glucose levels were over right. 600, oh. triglycerides were over 3,000. And I worked closely with his partner, who's my partner. He brought him in, I'll never forget, right downstairs. We sat down and, and started talking, and I was like looking at his, his numbers. I go, man, <laughs> you know, we got to get on this. And he felt like he was ready to like get on it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now he's doing great. great. Good for him. Yeah. Yes. 60 pounds gone. Triglycerides under control. Good for him. Off he's insulin. Great. He yeah. made the, he decided he, he made needed to change. It's like yeah. exercising all the time. And now he's working, working with out. a company called Stay, Stay Healthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. Well, that's, I love that See? because that's the story of the person who'd made the right choice or well, the right choice for yeah. him. And the, we're happy about his choice. Yeah. Yeah, for, so, for sure. So, I mean, because thing, he, I mean, not to the extent of Ralphie, but right. he was, he was. They were on Celebrity and, Fit Club yeah. together. Right. He got, he had to leave the show because he was so I don't sick. Know, Daniel right. said, I said, how are you on the show? Uh, <laughs> Daniel, he we're goes. going to hear some things. In his words, he goes, I was a mess. He was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he was a mess. Is that what he yeah. said? Yeah, oh he my said, God. I was a mess. I was and the sweetest <laughs> human being you'd ever want to meet. I met him before he spiraled out and he was so dang sweet and it's just heartbreaking to see him go through all that but but now he's thriving good you know he's got his two daughters which his daughters are ages 10 and 11 okay mine are 9 and 12 yeah we're all 9 10 11 12 and same so we have to all get together and play date (laughs) yeah play date exactly an addiction recovery play date (laughs) (laughs) well i just want to say thank you for for making time for us thank you sharon because i believe that your story uh will inspire and lift quite a few people and thanks for not you know keeping it silent but sharing it thank you guys thank you so much